Welcome. You are listening to Central Synagogue's podcast, featuring sermons, lectures, and conversations from Manhattan's historic Central Synagogue. I'm Rabbi Angela Bookdahl. Each week, we invite you to listen to messages of strength and hope given by our clergy on Shabbat or Jewish holidays. You can also listen to audio recordings of other programs and lectures given at Central by subscribing to this podcast on the platform of your choice. If you'd like to watch our live stream services or learn more about our congregation, I invite you to visit us at centralsynagogue.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. And raise me up to a world living, oh, safe from the storm, in the shelter of your shadow. So what does it take to create a space where God can dwell among us? Some tzedakah, some love. But what if what you're asked to give is something that you don't think you have? What if God asks you to hand over the magical rainbow unicorn in your back pocket? In Parshat Trumah, God instructs Moses to collect gifts from the Israelites in order to build a sanctuary so that God can dwell among them. God says, you shall accept gifts for me from every person whose heart so moves him. And our commentator, Rashbam, says that the use of the word truma, or gift here, means that each person was to set aside the gift from their own belongings. But although these gifts were supposed to come from the heart, it is not only the thought that counts here. God has a very long and specific list of gifts uh, that are required. And according to this translation... These are the gifts that you shall accept. Gold, silver, and copper, blue, purple, and crimson yarns, fine linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, dolphin skins, and acacia wood, along with oil and spices and incense. Did you hear what I heard? Dolphin skins? Where on earth are the Israelites supposed to find dolphin skins in the middle of the desert? And there's a footnote in here that addresses this, and it says, meaning of Hebrew uncertain. (laughs) Now, the word that's translated as dolphin here is tachash. And Rashi says the tachash was a sort of multicolored animal. It was called a joy color in one ancient translation, because it was so proud of its many colors. And according to the Talmud, the Tachash had one horn on its forehead and came to Moses' hand specifically for this occasion and then disappeared. So apparently we don't have to worry about where the Israelites found dolphin skins in the middle of the desert because they weren't looking for a dolphin at all. Instead, it was a multicolored, one-horned animal that appeared just for the making of the Mishkan and then magically disappeared. In other words, it was something like this, (laughs) but bigger, presumably. So seriously, can you imagine the Israelites standing there and saying, "We're, we're good on the copper and the goat's hair, But if you think we're going unicorn hunting, you have got to be kidding. 
But remember, the commentators tell us that the Israelites' gifts were supposed to be from their own belongings. They weren't supposed to go hunt for a unicorn. They were being told that they already had it. All they had to do was willingly hand it over to God. Now, when I realized this, I immediately thought of my mother. Because, like a lot of us, my mother does not part with things easily. She is convinced that this ribbon or button or copy of Arizona Highways magazine is going to be just the thing that we need someday. So I know if my mom were there, when God made this request for the Taha, she would get a gleam in her eye and she would run off and come back with a rainbow unicorn that she had been saving in her purse all this time, just in case. And this is exactly how Erwin Keller pictures the Israelites in the desert. He imagines these poor children of Israel carrying with them not only obviously precious items, but also odd and awkward items, which at the time they were packed were of no particular use. Hidden gifts schlepped through the wilderness. Or not quite gifts, but gifts in potentia. Bric-a-brac, awaiting the chance to become holy regalia. Now, we all have gifts, of course, Some of us here have talents of music or art or a knack for spreadsheets. Now, these gifts are our gold and silver. But remember, Keller says, the Mishkan was not only built out of gold and silver. There's also acacia wood and unicorn skins and other things that are lugged around awaiting the opportunity to be useful. So he challenges us to look beyond our obvious gifts and says, what's the one gift that you have not offered yet? The one no one knows you carry. The one you might not have even thought of as a gift, but the one that's just been waiting. And ask yourself, when will I offer it? When will you use it to build a mishkan to make the world a holier place? Now, I would take Keller's suggestion one step further and say we can't always identify our gifts on our own. I'm thinking of one of our members here, Sandy, who is leading a Musar study group this year. Sandy's a lawyer by training, and she probably could have told you before this year that her gifts included organization and a commitment to follow through. But what we've discovered this year is that she has a gift for seeing the beauty in the souls of the people who are in her group and in helping them to tap into their best selves. She didn't know she had this. And when we think of the gifts we bring, let's not be confused and think only of our vocational skills. We're not just a community of lawyers and teachers and nurses and accountants. We're a community with gifts of deep listening, of imagination and curiosity and passion for justice. But we discover these gifts best in one another. So to find them, we need to spend some time together and then to be on the lookout for unicorns. And as it says on the subway, if you see something, say something. Because nothing feels better than someone else pointing out a gift that you didn't know you had. So as we leave here tonight, let us be aware that we are always already in possession of untold gifts that would bring our community closer to God.
So open your eyes, see the tachash, and offer it to God and our community with a full and generous heart. Shabbat shalom. Thank you for listening to this edition of Central Synagogue's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you're in the loop on future episodes. And please follow us on social media or watch our live stream at centralsynagogue.org, our Facebook page, or on national cable at the Jewish Broadcasting Service. Thanks again for joining us. Elohim,